I hope you're very excited for the annual Woman of Marvel panel. So we've got some great group of ladies uh, today, including myself. Hi, I'm Judy Stevens. I'm uh, one of the three ladies that currently run the Women of Marvel pan uh, podcast, um, and I also produce tons of great content. I also put Captain Marvel on sometimes. This is Sana Aminat, <laughs> Director of Content and Character Development. Yes, that's right. Oh, is this on? Hello? Hi. <laughs> Hello. Is there anything? No. Oh, there we go. Hello. Yay. It's one of the last panels of the show. We are just so excited to do this. It's always our favorite panel to do. So just keep the energy up. We have an amazing, amazing uh, set of panelists up here. So Judy, take it off. First up is Lorraine Sink. <laughs> Lorraine Sink is a writer and host of many things we currently do on Marvel's YouTube and Marvel's social channel, including Thwip, the big Marvel show. We have Christina Harrington. Christina is one of our assistant editors in the X office. Newbie to Women of Marvel, welcome. Yay. We've got Rainbow Rowell. She is currently writing the new Runaway series, which is amazing. Do this one? Yeah, go for it. Okay. We have Mackenzie Cadenhead. She's writing Marvel Superhero Adventures, Deck Them All. Mackenzie, come on here. I'm going to embarrass you. <laughs> this is, Mackenzie is actually my mentor in comics. I talk about her a lot in the Women of Marvel, and I finally dragged her back to Marvel. Uh, but she's the reason uh, that I am still here. So she's important. She's important. Welcome. It's exciting for me. <laughs> You're welcome. We have Kat Kavari. Yeah. Kat is the voice actor of Miss Marvel. Hey, Kamala. Hi. <laughs> and last but not least, Sarit Klein. Sarit has been working for the last three years as the lead makeup department head for all of the Defenders. So we're talking Daredevil season one, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and finally, the Defenders. Yeah. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Yay, comics! Guys, Woo. that's actually... <laughs> Actually, why we're here. I love kicking off the Women of Marvel by just reminding you guys of all of the great female-led uh, titles that we have going on at Marvel. I would like to remind you, six years ago, this was not the case. And thanks to all of you, we've had such great support and we're able to tell such great stories about our powerful, amazing uh, female heroes. So there is a different kind of comic for every kind of Marvel fan. So make sure that you are aware of all of the great um, series that we have. And share with your friends. Buy a couple of comics. Just keep spreading the love. So, let's talk a little bit about this Runaways thing. Yeah. Okay. So, issue one is, is on sale now. Yes. So, we're not, I, I, there's no spoiling. Right? There's we no can, spoiling, not for two. Well, I would say, yeah. I don't for know. Two. But Gert's back. Yes. Yeah. Gert's back. We, we teased a little bit about that on the podcast, mm. and I'm with, with Lorraine, and I remember being like, oh, God, we're so excited, but we can't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> we can talk now. Oh, and we also actually have some art from two. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a big moment, actually. That is Gert seeing old lace for the first time. And, yeah. <laughs> Which was our, I think that was all of our favorite page on that issue. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about what we're doing with yeah, Runaways? Yeah, well, I mean, also, like, you know, when we talked about on the podcast, it was really great about how you're actually a Runaways fan. And being able to come to this and, and bring it back after so long is kind of amazing. Yeah, this was a dream job for me. I was, I read The Runaways in real time um, when I was 18. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that age. It's 14 fine. years ago. Um, and it was my favorite book. It was my favorite Marvel book. Uh, I felt like um, Runaways did something that I'd never really seen before, where, where the characters were, were front and center and where they were um, 
I really felt like that they were teenagers, such messy, real teenagers, and that we were approaching them at this sort of micro level, watching them make mistakes, watching them have, you know, fall in love for the first time, and, and certainly deal with the betrayal of their parents. Uh, so when I first started talking to an editor here at Marvel, Nick Lowe, that, that was the job that I really, really wanted, and I never thought he'd go for it. Um, but he was kind of like, oh yeah, we're always looking for a way to bring the runaways back. And I was like, really? Um, so, uh, and then Chris Anka, the artist, got involved. And he's also a huge longtime Runaways fan. So for both of us, this felt a little bit like bringing, bringing a relative back from the dead and reuniting like a dear group of friends. Um, it was very important to us both that it not feel like cheap at all. We wanted, we wanted to bring them back together in a way that would make us as readers feel great. But then it's weird because we, we started this as like, oh, we're such fans, we're such readers, I just wanna see them together, I wanna see Gert and Chase again. And then like you very quickly turn into the creator and you're like, and then I want everyone to hurt. You know? <laughs> and I want pain, pain, pain and jokes. <laughs> so. Well, so you know, obviously you've been working on this for so long and now for it to be on yeah. sales for people to read, like what does it mean like for that? Oh, it's totally surreal, yeah. Um, I have a friend from Omaha here who's now a New Yorker who's like, remember when we met and we would sit in the corner at parties and talk about Marvel comics? Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm on this panel. Uh, so it's very surreal, especially because we've known, like I wrote, I wrote all of the scripts all at once. Um, so I've been working on this for about six months and I know the whole arc and it's very strange to see people reacting to it now and knowing that they're kind of on the emotional roller coaster that uh, I was on six months ago. So can you tease a little for two now that we've seen art? Um, oh, it's gone. It went away. I, it went I, away. I still have it up here. This is, this is a getting the band back together story. Um, so if you're familiar with um, the Muppet movie, for example. Um, yeah, I just lifted the Muppet movie arc with a, with a dash of the Country Bears movie. Um, so it's definitely about, uh, these characters didn't choose each other. This is not a team that was like, let's be runaways. You know, their parents betrayed them and then died and they were stuck together. So they didn't choose this mission. Uh, so what Chris and I are doing is giving them a chance to choose. Do you want to be together? Are these the people, is this your, is this your chosen family? Or are these just the people you're stuck with. So we're, uh, this whole arc will be bringing them back and, and really looking at where each of them is and whether or not they want to be together again. So into, I can promise you a huge surprise in two, and three, and four, <laughs> five, and six. <laughs> well, issue two is on sale on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. So go pick it up. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Okay. And we've got so much Runaways action happening across the Marvel like Marvel company right now, which is very exciting between the show on Hulu and then we've got... Yeah, you can woo-woo that. Woo! That's worthy. Come on. Our favorite characters are coming to lo love, to life. I think um, love I is love. closer. I think that makes sense also. Uh, so this is a big deal. And then we've also got a young adult novel uh, coming out uh, by Christopher Golden. So it's all just really great and we're so lucky to have Rainbow thank you. here with us. Kick him butt. Yeah, thank you. So on that note, we've got some things. Uh, sadly, Margaret Stoll couldn't join us um, this weekend, but she is here in spirit. I felt her earlier. Through Senna. Yeah. <laughs> I'm channeling You I'm are channeling Margie her. right now. I, yes, I'm a white lady who makes a lot of jokes, some of which are okay. <laughs> <laughs> she knows, she knows. Um, so yeah, Captain Marvel uh, 125. This is our kicking off our legacy arc. We have 125 issues of Carol Danvers in comics. That's pretty awesome, I would say. Um, and it's a really big deal. This story is a culmination of everything that we started out in issue and in, uh, in Margie's first issue um, brings back uh, the the bounty, mysterious bounty hunter, as Carol chases him into a different galaxy. It's the equivalent of the upside down in the Marvel Universe. It's a pretty creepy place. It's really cool. I really love playing in this universe. Um, and you get to see some interesting versions of uh, the Marvel characters that you love, uh, like Lord Star-Lord, a.k.a. Lord Starkiller. Wonder why we call him that. Um, so a really, really great adventure. And I just want to give a special shout out to Michaela Bandini on art. He's he was telling me that this was his, this is his first Marvel comic book, his fir first convention with Marvel. Last year he was here doing a portfolio review and now he's actually on a series. So it's really incredible, like if you work really hard at the, the craft, what you can do and he's so, so talented that I think he's gonna be stolen off this book. I predict it. 
Um, so that is Captain Marvel. Oh, we got some more yeah, pages. Yeah, we have a couple more pages. There we go. That's McKellie's art. So beautiful. I love the way he draws Carol. Just I, so I love that hair because it's accurate to mine. Yes, it is. <laughs> we all know you're really Carol, <laughs> Um And it's an on sale October 25th. Yes, there you go. Um, so we got that. Yay, Ms. Marvel! <laughs> So, well, there's a lot going on in Ms. Marvel's uh, life right now. Um, I want to, there's a, a current, current storyline where the Red Dagger returns, uh, the dreamy uh, boy that she left in Pakistan who actually shows up, and he's very cute. He does have a man bun. Um, is that, this is, this is, is the most contentious me and Willow got was, was, uh, is that these was Kareem. No, this is actually separate. This is from before, oh. something else. I'll talk about that in a okay. second. I'll go back. Um, yes, Kareem and his man bun. The, one of the only arguments I ever got with Willow was about disagreeing about man buns. <laughs> what side were you on? She loves them. Okay, there we go. I, yeah, I'm getting around to it. Okay, okay. Kareem's a handsome dude. It's cute. <laughs> so we're brewing a little bit of a romance there. They do a, a team up and it leads into, um, uh, the legacy arc of Ms. Marvel, and um, this is all about what, how the world responds to Ms. Marvel and how Kamala actually has to deal with the fact that people are connecting with the symbol of who she is and what she represents, but at the same time, she doesn't know if she does anymore. Um, there's been some big events that happened. Uh, someone that she knows has turned pretty villainous. Um, you should, guys should read it. I don't want to give away who it is. Uh, and it's a really big turning point in Ms. Marvel's uh, life, and we've definitely been trying to make sure that we balance the heart and the humor, but also increase the stakes and show that this is a real, you know, a real hard experience for, for Kamala, uh, considering she's so young. Um, so it gets, it gets a little bit more intense, but it's a really beautiful story about what it means to be um, Ms. Marvel, and you can show a little bit of the inks. We got Nico Leone coming back. Um, that's the next page, yeah. I'm going. Yeah, there you go. Um, and uh, you see some other people dressing up in, uh, as Ms. Marvel, and I'm not going to tell you guys why. Uh, I also just want to give a shout-out that we actually have um, the 50th issue of Ms. Marvel coming up uh, in a few months. It's going to be around, I think, May? April? Uh, one month. So we're going to be doing a special um, issue on that. It's a big deal. We thought we were going to get canceled at nine, so 50 issues. I feel like you say that every panel, every time. and you're still surprised. I'm still surprised. We're getting to 50, so it's a big deal, and it's thanks to, uh, to all of you guys. So thank you so much. So we have an important lady coming back to the world. Christina can talk about this. Uh, so this is super new, so I can't talk about it too much, but uh, how many people here... Uh, got into comics because of the X-Men. Can I hear it? Like, how many? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm right there with you. The X-Men were, like, my entry point into everything else. And the one of the characters, and this is back in the 90s when I was a kiddo running around, riding my bike down to the comic shop. Uh, I love Jean Grey. Jean Grey is one of my favorite characters in all of comics, like, let alone not just Marvel, but everywhere. And we're bringing her back. She's coming back, guys. I don't know if you know that. She's coming back. Jean Grey's coming back. Uh, yeah, so these are two beautiful variants. Uh, one's by Art Adams, the other one's by Art Germ. Uh, and like I said, I can't talk about it too much, but we got the last script in, and I was reading it. I was tearing up quite a bit at my desk. I'd be like, don't look at me, it's all good, everything's fine. Um, but yeah, so weird stuff starts happening all over the world. Uh, fish start boiling up in uh, Jamaica Bay. The sun turns into a big phoenix. Uh, there's an explosion on the moon. Uh, and so everyone's just sort of like, what is this? And the X-Men are like, oh my God, it's the Phoenix. <laughs> like, we thought we dealt with this. What is going on? And then we sort of cut to this quiet little town uh, and this waitress is pouring a cup of coffee out and she looks up at the, the sun and the sun's just this Phoenix and she's like, well, that's kind of weird. And it pans to her face and it's Jean. It's this woman, her name's Jean on her tag. So getting her and getting her back to the X-Men is a huge part of the, of the story. We're doing five issues starting the end of December. So start ticking down the time on the calendars. I am. We're crazy, but it's going to be, I think it's going to be really great. And I can't wait to have her back. And for the things that we're going to do with her when she's, when she's back in with the X-Men and running around, it's going to be good. I'm right there with you guys. I can't wait. <laughs> Christina, why don't you tell people what other books that you you edit? I think it's important to know, like, all we have so many great assistant editors behind the scene, and you've got a ton of books, but so so people know what, what you're working on. There, there's a lot. I don't know if I I don't know if I remember them all. Um, let's try to do this all. Only say the ones that you care about, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, Your writers are paying attention. Phoenix Resurrection. 
Uh, I'm an all new Wolverine, which uh, we're hitting our 25th issue next week. How crazy is that? Uh, Astonishing X-Men, which uh, issue number five is out, I think, also next week. Uh, Rogan Gambit, which we just announced, which is coming out in January. Uh, so many, so much kissing happening in that. I can't wait. Uh, I'm also on the new Legion book coming out soon. Old Man Logan, which is a, a really near and dear to my heart. I love that book. Um, and X-Men Blue, and I think those are all the ones I can remember right now. There are you, a lot. You probably forgot. Too many. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, not that many. <laughs> Judy. <laughs> <laughs> that's like how many video series I produce. <laughs> it's quite a bit. Um, so switching gears slightly, we have a clip. Let's see if I can figure out how to make this work on my computer. Nope, that's wrong. <laughs> can we lower oh, the lights? Well, first, to, to introduce the piece, we're really excited for Kat to join us. She doesn't um, know what this piece is. <laughs> um, so, I mean, first and foremost, we talked on a, pod a podcast, like, well, God, was that like a year ago? Yeah. That was like a long was time a ago. ago. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's really great to finally have you join us. You joined us for Thwip yesterday, which was amazing. Um, so, first, like, hearing you do the voice in, live in person was Amazing. So it's always fun doing her voice. I'll do it all day, every day, if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so this is well. I'll give some context to the, this clip. <laughs> well, this yeah, you is do in one of the origin shorts from Marvel Avengers Secret Wars, um, and this is about Kamala kind of coming into her own. I don't know if we're gonna be able to show the whole thing due to time, but well, let's just let's just let's just get in there. Um, I push play. All right. Well, maybe Cat can just act it out. <laughs> <laughs> Just say some lines. And big in! Oh, there we go. Oh. See? It worked. Sound. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties! There you go. I've been watching the newest Avengers train all afternoon. I mean, talk about awe-inspiring. What about you, Miss Marvel? So what is it like to voice Kamala? Like, what does that mean to you? I could talk about this for a really long time. I'm going to try not to. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, first of all, she's just a really fun character. The, she's funny. So getting in there and playing her is just a good time because I get, I get to just laugh a lot and uh, she just, she's a fun person. But more than that, um, for me, it's just really important to have this really positive female Muslim character out there who is a role model, who's a hero, who is virtuous um, at a time where there's a lot of Muslim vilification and to have such a positive role model out there that's showing the world that this is not, <laughs> we need a, a more balanced, accurate depiction of, of what Muslims are, not just in America, but in the world. Um, and and to, to be a part of that, to be a part of telling that story for me is really, really important. I have Muslim family that I feel like, especially nowadays, I'm always having to defend. And it, <laughs> it's nice for Ms. Marvel to, to be doing the defending for us. <laughs> Do you have a favorite line that you said? That like, is, is Avengers Assemble something that you were like, I, yes! I do love saying Avengers Assemble, but I really love saying Embiggen. Like I say that at home sometimes. Like it's just, I like saying that word. <laughs> When? Like, what are the circumstances that you need to say him bigot? I need to get taller. Him bigot. Him bigot. It's not working. Yeah. <laughs> I can't reach that from the cabinet. Him bigot. No. And I just Someone stand there the waiting for something yeah. to happen. It's, it's great. Complete fail. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we're very happy to have you, Kat. Yes. You're doing such an incredible, yeah. incredible job. And I, I told you the first time I heard your voice and everything, I was like, oh, that's Kamala. It's so exciting. So... It's really exciting for me. And actually, you just mentioned um, Kareem yeah. <laughs> is her, her, her next boo. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is that I did not realize this was going to happen. But my, my husband, when he, because he, he had to convert to Islam to, to come to Iran with me. 
and the Muslim name that he picked was Kareem. Oh my God! <laughs> does he have a man bun? He does have a man and bun. And he has a man bun. Yeah. <laughs> That's oh my God! It's and so I looked meant over to be. and I was like Kareem. So meant you. to be Kareem. I was gonna call you that now, Carl. Right there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> there it is. With his man bun. Wait, whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it. Oh my God! You look exactly like him. It's crazy. I just realized. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, nice. <laughs> so going for another spectrum of our TV world, um, we actually were really excited to talk to Street. I mean, yes, defenders, Ovs. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I got a chance to meet her on the Defender set earlier this year. You know, while I was in the midst of this, you know, watching them sort of film this amazing thing, you know, this was, this was in years in the making, and you've worked on every single one of these shows. Like, what is it like to make each one of them have their own their own feel, their own look, their own, you know, their, it's their own world. Well, I think coming into the Defenders, I was grateful and lucky that I had the knowledge of creating and establishing, you know, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. And each show had its own tone, and each superhero has its own relatable theme story, superpower flaws, and bringing that together, all of them together in the Defenders we did not know how it's going to be. And actually, the actual actress did not meet until The Defenders. Yeah, until so your Comic-Con last yeah, year. exactly. And it was just interesting to see the dynamics. And if you guys saw The Defenders, the first couple episodes, it's, you know, duos. So they only meet in episode three. And to see that developing, in reality, the actors, you know, collaborating and the characters as well. So just in general, it was great to be involved with the whole arc of the stories from the beginning to the end of Defenders. And when I was hired, they told me it's going to be three years. So I, I had continuity books that I just kept on bringing with me from show to show, not knowing what characters are going to be in Defenders besides the main superheroes. I did not know what villains. I didn't know Alexandra, Madame Gao. I didn't know anything. So it was a lot of organization and planning, but yet... I was prepared for not knowing as well. So it's a unique collaboration just to bring a character to life. Starting with you know, Netflix and Marvel, and obviously we pay homage to the fans, and we read the comic books, we have some Easter eggs in every show, and The Defenders by far is the most fun, the biggest show I've ever done, and I had a huge team that went with me throughout the other shows. So it was all, all hands on deck. And you start, you start prepping for a show while you're shooting the other show. So for instance, about two months of prep while I was on Jessica Jones to prepare for Luke Cage for like the flashback episode with all the beards and the wigs. And for Defenders as well, once we knew what characters are gonna be, so we just started prepping, taking all the notes, preparing the actor bags, the makeup, discussions. There's, there's so many discussions for every character you won't believe. For instance, the healing powers for each character. Or if he has a bruise or a cut, what's the healing power? Is it going to be, is it going to disappear in the next episode or within the episode, two, three days? Because Jessica Jones may heal faster than Daredevil, things like that. So it's just great. It's a really interesting collaboration, like I said. It's also with, within the departments. For Alexander, for instance, Sigourney Weaver's character, um, once I knew the color palette of her clothes, then I started thinking about the makeup and talking to the actor herself, figuring things out with makeup tests. And then the approval process is great and it's refreshing because when you actually come on the day to shoot, it's all approved. So if I have six hours of makeup tests for Madame Gao to figure out how old she looks, because you know, we don't really know how old she is. So whether I have these makeup tests or we had over 10 makeup tests for Iron Fist tattoo, it's worth it because on the day, we shoot fast pace. We shoot each show for about five and a half months. We shoot 12 hour days and we prep the next episode while we shoot this episode. So we have tandems, we have night shoots and it's just, it's just great. Each day is different. I don't know what's gonna happen. I can be prepared as I can, but then, you know, weather dependent, actor availability, things kind of change, so you have to be, get used to it. Yeah. 
That's great. We talked for like 15, 20 minutes with Christina yeah. on an upcoming podcast. So you guys can sort of tune into that and talking about the different worlds and the difference between beauty makeup and, you know, special, special effects, effects makeup and stuff like that. So Madame Gao especially was really interesting because she has, she has uh, age makeup on. So you like, you're like aging her up and things and conversations about wounds and making sure that they look like specific. I was all about that. I was like, how do you make a bruise happen? Like, what is this? What do you do with that? A stab wound? What does that look like? I'm a weirdo, like apparently. Yeah, Madame Gal people don't don't think that she has any makeup on, but she's full latex from every part of skin that you see. Hands, neck, arms, depending on her wardrobe, face, everything. That's crazy. How, it, how long in, a, in the chair is that every day for her? She's about, we took it down, you know, this is our third or fourth show together, so we know the thing of it. It takes about an hour and a half, including hair, makeup, and wardrobe. I would never be that patient yeah. for anything. We put ever. some music on. We try to have fun. Is it true that Kristen Ritter only wears cherry chapstick in every scene? Because I have been trying that. It's not working for me. My lips do not look as pink. <laughs> well, yes and no. Uh, I knew it. I, they're so perfectly pink and amazing. I, I, yeah, her lips are great. And they're pigmented on their I don't own. Know. But. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Getting beauty tips up here. It's all no, good. No, it's great. It's, I just feel like, yeah. Next time we come here, Sana's going to get a makeup makeover on stage. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Entertainment, that's great. We got the yeah. full shebang here. Definitely. So we've got this fun book. We actually have a few to give away to any kids who have uh, questions in the audience. But first of all, Mackenzie, you, you started at Marvel how long ago? Well, I was 18. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think in 2002. Uh, was my first tour at Marvel, and um, I actually was telling Rainbow I was one of the editors on the first incarnation of Runaways, so I'm super psyched that it's back. Um, and I left and started writing books uh, for older kids, and then my son, who's here, one day said, Mom, why aren't you writing anything for me? And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll figure it out. And I had an idea for chapter books for first, second, third graders, that are adventure stories. They have a comic in the back. Uh, they have art on every page. They're adorable. And this is, this is for your kids. This is uh, how we want to introduce our youngest, newest readers and bring them into the Marvel fold. Um, and you'll notice in the first book, these are team-up books. Uh, Sean Ryan and I, who was also an editor at Marvel when I was there, he's, also, he's a comic book writer now. We co-write these together. And when we pitched the idea, Sana said, this is great, make it a team-up. And we said, oh, even better. Uh, and so our first book is with Spider-Gwen. They take on Venom, uh, as you do, in uh, a fun holiday-themed book, um, which was really fun. The food court scene, coming up with all of the holiday, like the latka tacos and uh, <laughs> the candy cane calzones. That was my favorite part of this, because um, it's food. And um, the second book, which will be out in April, I believe, is with Squirrel Girl. And today at the costume contest, we had a sister team. One was Squirrel Girl and one was Spider-Gwen, so I was in heaven. Uh, so yeah, so they're cute and we love them and we want to keep making them uh, and get our my, their tiniest little Marvelites going. What's it like coming back to, to, coming back to Marvel, but coming back and working on these characters after... After so long. I know it's been in your world and whatnot, but what is it like? Well, actually? this is different. Yeah. I'll tell you that. This is amazing. Having all of you here and the Women of Marvel panel is kind of like, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Siri. Um, it's incredible to have this. And this was kind of, you know, this is what our dream would have been uh, when I started there. With uh, There were amazing female editors there then too. Uh, but this has become something bigger and new, and it's great. Um, and it's just, I love working with these characters, and I love the fact that we've got Spider-Man with Spider-Gwen, and they aren't separate. It's not your boy heroes and your girl heroes. They're all together. I talked to a fourth grade a little while ago, um, before, I think before the book came out, and I had some artwork, and I showed them, and I said, and who's this? And it was Squirrel Girl. And all of them, boys and girls, were like, it's Squirrel Girl! And they got all excited. And I was like, that's right, boys, it is. And good girls. And the girls were like, oh my God, is that Venom? I want to be Venom for Halloween. And it's true. I mean, this is, it's not gender separated anymore. And that's phenomenal. And I love that. Yeah. Um, so Lorraine, 
Hi. Uh, I actually wanted to show an episode of Thwip, but it's like an eight or nine minute long show. So Lorraine and I work on together along with Ryan Penagos and Jason Latour. We do a weekly variety show called Thwip the Big Marvel Show. And it is fun and amazing. And Lorraine and Ryan are great along with James Correspondent. Um, but you also write things sometimes. Yeah, this is a big book. Um, uh, I don't know if it's showing up there. I guess it's not yet. But um, Ultimate Marvel, uh, this is a book I co-wrote with three other people uh, via DK Publishing. Uh, it's my second book, and it's an enormous, comprehensive sort of guidebook. It, it has comic book characters and sort of their stories, uh, their, their origin, what they're about, their superpowers, their connections. Uh, from the timely Atlas days, like Combat Kelly days, like who? Yes, Combat Kelly way back when, in the dawn of time, all the way to now, it explains crossover events, you guys, like through time. How did time. you do that? How did you figure out how to do that? I, read, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> clear your summer, read every comic ever written. Um, is basically how you do it, and then you have three other people help you. Um, but, but basically, that is the book. I also have a book called Marvel, Absolutely Everything You Need to Know by DK Publishing, which is a little bit more targeted at younger readers or all ages. Adults like it, too. But it's more like fun facts and weird things about the Marvel Universe, uh, everything you should kind of know about all of the most important characters. So that's what I do. And I'm really lucky. As Judy said, we do Thwip, the big Marvel show, which I co-host with Ryan Panagos and our... Uh, correspondent James Arthur, and it's very silly, and we get to talk about everything sort of in the Marvel Universe. Um, but that's one of the greatest things about my job is I kind of get to study everything. Like, I get to study comics, and I get to then meet the creators that make those comics, which Rainbow Rowell knows I get real weird on you because I love the Runaways. <laughs> uh, I get to interview celebrities, uh, talk about the TV shows, uh, get to go visit Defenders, and we had Kat Kavari on our show, uh, voicing Miss Marvel for Master Comics Theater, where we read live comics, uh, live, like old comics from way back when, way back in 2014. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I also torture a little bit. I, I teach you to like do stunt stuff. Yesterday on, Thwip, on, on Marvel Live, I made them drink terrible, terrible uh, flavored yeah, beverages, including ranch-flavored yeah, we did a little segment called Daredevil Challenge in which Judy chooses torture for us. Uh, luckily, I did win that competition you against did, all the boys. Win. You did win. Uh, but we did trivia questions, and if you got it wrong or you didn't answer quick enough, you then drank horrible things. One of the flavors was barf. So there's also that charming component. Yeah, you guys, it's glamorous. You can buy this on the internet, just so you know. We get paid for this yeah. also. Yeah, so I have a weird job, and it's different every day, and I'm very lucky. Yes. Yeah. We're very lucky to have you, Lorraine. Uh, thanks, Judy. Yay. We're so supportive here. I love it. I mean, we're a big family. Yeah. Man. We're all lucky to have yeah, you. No, you're great. No, it's great. It's very positive. So I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the time because I want to make sure we still have enough time for Q&A, but um, talk a little bit about what I do. So um, I'm a producer for the new media team, and basically we create a lot of digital content, pre predominantly video, that currently exists on Marvel's YouTube, Marvel.com, Marvel's social channel. I mentioned Thwip, the big Marvel show. It comes out Tuesdays. Um, I also work on Marvel Becoming, which is our cosplay series, and we highlight cosplayers. We're doing 28 episodes this year, which is insane to think about that I filmed 28 people, um, so it's pretty amazing. I actually, I'm just going to drop one of the videos, so we just released this on Friday, and it features Ironheart, and we were able to get Melissa Ang of Loom Cluster to actually make the helmet and the um, gauntlets for it, so... Uh, Jason Latour, the director of these, has just brought cross cosplay to a new life, a new world. So I'm really sort of thankful for him to introduce them to cosplay. So, um, but there's even more coming out. There's episode thir oh, we have a special one coming out on Thursday, so stay tuned for that. Um, but with, they're running until December on Thursdays. And we also have a Facebook page for both Thwip and Marvel Becoming. So go like it. Watch our videos. Um, and also, if you guys are a Marvel Insider fan, um, we've been doing stuff all weekend to get you guys points. Um, there are only 800 redemptions available for this, so jot this down, head, in, head over to marvel.com and use this code. So you can win tons of stuff on the, on the website via this, so. 
So, oh, we'll give it. Well, also, I mean, if you guys don't get a chance to, we do a podcast. Um, right now, it's bi-weekly, but we're getting, gearing back into weekly. Um, we've done 153, 153 podcasts. Yeah, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm you, so proud of us. I'm really proud of us too. Yeah. Great, we did it. <laughs> we did we it. Just make this up as we go, and it's still exactly. working. <laughs> so I just want to, you know, I forgot to do something at the top of top of the program, but I'd like to do at every single convention. And I'm actually looking at all the amazing ladies on stage here with me. And what's so great is that we've been doing this for so many years now. And of course, it started with like 20 people in a room, and now it's up to 800, and it's so incredible. But every time I look down, it's always different ladies and people from all across Marvel's amazing ecosystem and doing so many different things. Um, and we're all partners up here. And that's really, I think, how we've continued to grow. And I look out at you guys and I want to just, anyone, you know, we do this every single show, anyone who wants to work in the industry, wants to work in games and animation, you want to write, you want to draw, just stand up for a second. You just need to, just stand up. Yeah, I know there's like a lot more. Yeah, sit up fast. All you guys, just keep standing. Whoever, you're a fan, you want to be, you want to work in the industry, look around you. Just make sure you look around you, wave, high five, fist bump, whatever. Meet each other afterwards and get, and become one another's allies and support systems because you guys are going to be the ones who are going to be changing the industry next. And it's really, without you, we're not going to be able to challenge ourselves with better stories. We're not going to be able to grow um, as an industry. So just make sure that you guys support each other and keep showing up here because like, we really can't do any of this stuff without you. So give yourselves a round of applause for like, the way that you're going to change the future of this industry. I want to add to yeah. that too. I saw a couple of you look around and be like, should I stand up? That is the first step. Stand up and say, yes, I want to do this, and it's okay that I want to do this, and I'm going to follow my dream, because that's what you have to do, make the decision first. Yeah, and if we can be up here, you guys can 100% be up here. I'm a very lazy human, okay? I mostly <laughs> eat donuts, and I still made it. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that clap. Appreciate it. <laughs> clap for donuts. Um, Okay, so with that, we're gonna, we're gonna kick off some Q&A, our favorite time of the, the panel. So yes. we've got, uh, yeah, we've got mics here and here. Just line on up, we will alternate. And we have buttons for those who ask questions. Yeah, so please ask questions. Hi. Challenge us. Hello. Hi, how are you? Is it working? Hi. I look so thirsty. Um, this is for Judy. Oh, hello. I am a video producer, and I was wondering if you would like any help. I will give you my card right now. <laughs> I'll take your card. Okay. Uh, um, we're actually ironically going to be hiring people. Uh, um, so we're, we're, the new media team is growing. We just um, posted a bunch of jobs on Marvel Careers. So, yeah, I mean, I'll, you know, we never know when we need extra help. Are you local? Clutch. I am local. I'm actually <laughs> next door to you guys. Um, question for the whole panel, though. When it comes to writing or comes to creating something, what is your go-to soundtrack? Ooh, that's a good uh, question. I love Florence and the Machine. Like anything, anything. And I'll just put it on on loops and loops and loops. It's blood pumping. Yeah, for me, it really depends on what I'm writing. So I try to listen to something that fits the character that I'm writing. Yeah, I can't listen to anything with words or I just start right. going along. Um, but honestly, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time to listen to is the Fight Club soundtrack. Oh, it's amazing. Yes. And that I will play on a loop, even when I'm, even when I'm writing the kids' stuff. So, no. <laughs> it works. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for the Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah, sure. Good. Cool. Um, how is young Jean Grey going to deal with old Jean Grey coming back? Well, I can't tell you that yet, <laughs> but uh, we are building to it. We have a, we have a Jean Grey solo title out right now, ran yep. by Dennis Opeless. We will build towards it in that title. So keep your eye on it. And as we move closer to December, you'll see, you'll see how she's going to start reacting to it. And then she's in X-Men Blue, obviously, leading that team. So there will be repercussions in that book as well. Okay. Yeah, we're not cool. going to forget about her, I promise. Cool. Thank you. Hello. So this is for the entire panel. And we've already touched on it at points when we talk about... Miss Marvel, we talk about Ironheart, about inclusivity, especially, you know, an already kind of underrepresented demographic when it comes to women in, you know, comics in the universe. Oops, um, when it comes to things like plus size superheroes, heroes with different like levels of abilities, gender representation, things like that, like how important is that to each one of you? And kind of like 
maybe what are you doing? What do you want to do to bring more of that into the universe and make more of that real for people? I mean, I will say first and foremost for Cosplay, it was really important for us when we were doing Becoming to showcase a wide variety of types of people because cosplayers aren't just one type of person. You know, it is people of all different colors and different sizes and different ages. And that was so important for us throughout all 28 episodes. So, I mean, that's so important to me because, you know, it is, it is important, you know? Yeah, I think we are so cognizant of, you know, of body diversity as well. Like we see everyone uses the term diversity, I think too much and ends up losing its meaning. And it's really just about having uh, different, just really distinctions of, of, of people and, and what they look like. And um, with, you know, I always go to Squirrel Girl and America Chavez, I love, and Carol Danvers. They're all like, they look so different, but just from the musculature, from just the overall body shape. I mean, Squirrel Girl is, we've, we've said like, she's not, she, she's a curvy girl and we love it. Um, and, you know, and, and she's proud of it. And that's the thing, there's body positivity there as well. America Chavez is just, that's, she's muscle, you know, and it's really great. She's got some great thighs, like she's got strong, like, biceps. And I think it's important to show um, different, um, different types of women as well, you know, just in terms of the fact that it's okay. You can be strong and beautiful no matter what your shape, size, height. Um, and uh, that's really, really important to us. And our artists are very cognizant of that. I mean, you even you look at Ms. Marvel and everyone looks so different, dresses so different. So uh, I think it's in the back of everyone's mind from the writers as, you know, as you're thinking about it, how you're sending that, you're relaying that information to the artists. Um, but yeah, no, it's a great question and, and we're very aware and sensitive to it. We love it. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah, girl power. <laughs> oh. Oh. What would your advice be to um, a woman who is in the industry but is still feeling um, like resistance from, I guess, the societal construct of the industry itself, uh, who's trying to move up but is like still like can't get there yet? What would you guys say? Give us a name. Like <laughs> <laughs> deal. We'll deal with it. Seriously, though, um, finding allies who are feeling maybe the same way or, or, or have been in that position and have found their way out of it, it can be really tough. Like, any job, any industry, any career is going to be tough. But when you come as a woman or anything else, like, you're pushing back against a lot of resistance. Uh, I ignore it, and I just, I do the work. And you got to do the work. But the best thing that you can do is to build a community like this. And that's, I think, what we're trying to do here, is that we're trying to build a community, and you should too. Find the people around you who are feeling the same way. Find out a way to push back. And otherwise, ignore it and just make your, make your stuff. Or quit that job. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, the best decisions I've ever made were to quit jobs where I wasn't able to be who I really needed to be and to do the work that I needed to do. So... And I think there's a lot of fear sometimes. Thank you for applauding me quitting my jobs. <laughs> Put my family into chaos, but I, I deserve that applause. Um, I, when I was a young woman especially, I felt so grateful for the job that I had that I felt like, well, I guess I just have to stay here and do it and I have to put in the time. And, and I wish I would have quit that job years sooner. Um, I think, you know, when you're putting a solid effort and you keep hitting a wall and you keep hitting a wall, that, that crushes your spirit. And so don't, believe in yourself and believe that you, there's a place for you to do the things that you're doing. So not, not that you shouldn't push back, not that you shouldn't work, but when you know, event, you keep hitting a wall, you, you start to just break yourself. So I encourage people to quit. There's not just one avenue. There are a lot of avenues. So yeah. find the one that's going to be kind to you. Thanks. And the other thing I just want to say about that is we started doing Women of Marvel lunches back in 2003. Uh, and... And it just sort of occurred to me as you were saying that, because I, I loved my job, and it was, and I agree with Rainbow's uh, advice also, if it's not a good situation, but if it's one that you love and it's working, and you have those allies that you were mentioning, somehow know that chipping away each small thing you can do, it will get bigger and bigger. And again, I'm just realizing that started us just going to lunch at the Chinese food place. Now it's this panel, and that's kind of astounding to me. I, I feel like I'm a thousand years old saying this, but <laughs> it really is amazing that that became this. That's amazing. Thank you guys all so much for your advice. Good luck. Uh, my question is uh, for Rainbow. Uh, I love Runaways. Thank you. Me lot, too. A lot. <laughs> and I've been like following other characters, and, like what they've been up to. I'm just wondering how the team is going to come together, especially like with Alex. And like I, last time I saw him was like Power Man and Iron Fist. Right. And he wasn't doing so well. 
Right. So I'm just wondering how you're going to bring him back and then if, if the team would run into any other teams, like maybe like the champions or maybe America, maybe some former Younger Avengers. Yeah, well, you've hit on the main problem with Runaways <clears throat> that many of them are dead or not in good shape. <laughs> um, so just kicking off, I, we, Chris and I and our, the, the editors we're working with really want to bring them back together in a way that feels real and right and natural um, so that when, you, when they come together, they believe it. So we are really... <laughs> We're doing a lot of character work. And my, I have Alex in my heart, and I'm hoping to get there. <laughs> I would encourage you all to read Runaways and help me on my journey so that I do get there, so that we can keep the book going. But um, yeah, I would love to get Alex in there. He's not in the first couple of issues, obviously, but he's, he's up here, and I'd like to see him again. Okay, so it's not, it's like in your mind, but it hasn't been. I mean, I'm not going to tell you anything that I've written, <laughs> but I will tell you That's that to, a spoiler. to me, Alex is a core part of that team and that family. I mean, I'm not sure that, you know, they're at odds. They're seriously at odds, and he has been dead. Uh, so, and, and I, I'm still trying to figure out, like, what his status is now and how broken he is, but I would love for him, so yes, I would love for Alex. To me, he's an important part of Runaways, and he's in my sights, but I will not tell you if he is in my hands. <laughs> okay. Um, so we only have five minutes left, so let's try and do rapid-fire questions, So because there's a lot of people online. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, for the whole panel, just going back to like the early days of the company and the industry, everything sort of seemed like a boys club. So I'm just wondering what, it's, what it means to you and how it feels to be women working in the industry, especially with all of the changes going on now. You guys, I talk too much, so you guys go. Um, I don't know. I'm just making comics, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a, as a kid, I really felt like as a young woman reading comics, I was doing something that wasn't meant for me and that those comics were meant for someone else and I was trespassing, like gently. Um, and it's a fabulous feeling to feel like I'm not trespassing. I belong there. I mean, I will say that there's always been women working at Marvel and within the comic industry. They just maybe not necessarily had the loudest voice. I mean... When I started at Marvel 11 years ago, there were tons of women that worked there. And when you think about when I like, uh, we recently were just hanging out with a lot of the. We have a Slack channel that's all about women at Marvel, and it's like there's 35 women in the office just on that Slack channel that talk, and we just like send links back to each other. I mean, like we've always existed, but it's only now that we're loud and we have mics. Well, and two, in the very beginning of Marvel Comics, when it was Timely Atlas Days, a lot of the, the rooms, it was rooms full of artists making art for the comics, and many of those people happened to be humans that were women humans. So they have always been there. Yeah, we actually did a, a podcast for Women's History Month where we talked to a bunch of different historians about women working in comics, writing comics, doing comics, and it's a great sort of to look back at how there isn't the history written about them, but they all existed. What was that great quote from Trina Robbins? Like, there's like a institutional amnesia around it, and we just yeah. need to keep talking about it, keep being loud about it. Women are here, we've always been here, and we're going to continue being here. We belong here as much as any other person does. Thank you. Thank you. So the gentleman that was standing here before me stole my question, so, um, but I do have a follow-up. Um, how often do any of you guys um, talk to the women at the Distinguished Competition, if you will? I don't know what that is. <laughs> DC, DC Comics. I don't know that there's another company that does what we do. <laughs> we used to play them in a softball game and we would beat them every year, but then they moved to LA. <laughs> I'm always struck by how comics women find each other on Twitter. Yeah. Like you see that community so strong and so vocal across every line on Twitter. Yeah, we're yeah. all connected, we all talk. It's, you know, it, the, the better they do, the better we do. We wanna make sure it's all about comics love, so yes. Thank all you friends. very much. We I just appreciate you. all the diversity that's coming back to comics. It's actually brought me back to comics after awesome. a very long night. Well, thank you. Welcome back. Yeah. We missed you. So my question is for Rainbow in particular, but anyone can answer it. So you started out writing prose before you transitioned to comic books. So I wasn't sure if you would recommend like starting out in prose and then transitioning to comic books because I always wanted to write my own novel. 
but recently I've become more interested in writing for comic books. So what, would, what advice would you give? And I'm sure I'm not the only person on the panel who's kind of shifted in their careers, yeah. but for me, I would just say write a lot and write wherever you can, and write the places where you feel like you're growing. Um, it's a craft, not necessarily a gift, like you need to get out there and just do it and do it and do it. Um, and don't think that you where you start is where you have to end. And if you want to work in comics, I would say just study the craft in itself as well because prose is very different than comics writing. I'm sure Rainbow went through that process of transition being like, it's, it's different. So just understand what makes comics you know, a story form um, and get, get better at both crafts. Work on both of them. Every single, write one comic a day, write one you know, short essay a, a day as well. So I think that's important for you to understand why it's so great. Read comics. Read comics, yeah. For our sake because we want money. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think we only have time for one more question. Oh, Hello, Hawkeye. Oh, my God. Okay. Um, well, she totally took my question, but um, on the spot. Uh, so I tend to think of comics as something inaccessible in terms of what I can contribute to them. Um, they're something that somebody else made, and I'm scared to put my hands on them. Um, how do you kind of get over that and feel like you're actually contributing to something, even if somebody else came first? I just want to say no one else in the world is you. No one has lived your life, no one has had your experiences, and only you can tell the stories that you can tell. So tell your stories, tell the things you understand, tell, tell the world as you see it, as you experience it. Um, and the thing is, is you want stories to be relatable so other people can feel the things that those characters feel. So some things are universal and that's okay, that's actually not a weakness, it's a strength. Thanks. And do we have time for one more? We can, they haven't turned the lights on, so let's keep on going. All right, go, go, go. Hi. What advice would you give to future animators and illustrators and writers who want to get into the comic and animation industry? Like, we say this at every panel, just make sure that you are constantly working on your craft. Make sure you're drawing every single day get better at it, and then keep networking. You're gonna get your voice out there. I've met people, you know, like I said earlier, someone who's a, doing a portfolio review last year suddenly has a, has a gig with us. So just make sure you show up at every convention, talk to people, partner with good writers that you feel like you could trust, you could collaborate on a comic together. Just make sure you're constantly creating something and putting your work out there, because eventually people will find you. Yeah, yeah. show your work online. Yeah. I feel like that was a great last question to end on. I want to thank everyone for coming. This has been a great panel. We're going to grab a quick group photo of all the ladies on stage.